the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell of the PGA Tour, fresh off a plane from Austin, where he was at the WGC Dell Technologies match play. What'd you learn out there, Benny? I learned that I thought I was going to have another winning pick with Dustin Johnson. He was flying early, mate. But then, of course, we saw Scotty Scheffler just destroy that place once again and come away with not only a third victory in five starts, but world number one. Sensational stuff by the young bloke. And look, I got to meet his family uh, that I hadn't had the privilege of doing before and spent some time with mum, dad and in-laws and wife and sisters. Pretty good crew, I must say. So it gave me a lot of uh, respect and love for Scotty. He's a down-to-earth guy, and I think he'll stay that way with that crew behind him. Yeah, good stuff for Scotty Scheffler. The floodgates have absolutely opened now. On the morning of the Super Bowl, Scotty Scheffler woke up and did not have a PGA Tour victory. He was ranked 15th in the world. Now he has got three of them, and he's number one in the world. Sorry about that DJ pick, Benny. And I'm really sorry because he looked so enthused during that consolation match he just wanted nothing but to come in third place and to lose to Corey connors i know how much that's going to be hurting him going into this week but at least he's got a week off he will not be playing at the valero texas open but we do have some big names in the field among them rory mcelroy jordan spieth who's the defending champion hideki matsuyama bryson DeChambeau, both sort of making uh, we'll call them rehab starts or sort of mini rehab starts this week abraham answer in his hometown this week a lot of different places we can go let's get it kicked off with our bets for the valero texas open we're playing 18 holes making 18 bets as we always do benny you're first off the tee i'm gonna throw a wild one straight out you held off the presses from monday qualifying a long shot for this tournament a guy that i know pretty well aaron badley has just got through on monday qualifying four-time pga tour winner And I think that he's the type that could surprise for Monday qualifying. Of course, it was in 2019 that a one Corey Connors won this event from Monday qualifying, the last to do so on the PGA Tour. I think Aaron Badley is something to have a look at. Your 40s, your 20s and whatever markets, he's definitely a high quality player who may not have had as many starts in recent times because of his status. But I feel like he's the one that could surprise at long odds. You mentioned there that golden ticket to the proverbial chocolate factory is uh, that last golden ticket is still available this week. If somebody wins who is not already in the master's field, they will get in Corey Connors, the last to do it three years ago. And you're right. That was a literal rags to riches story. I mean, that was uh, going from the Monday qualifier to all the way to Augusta by Sunday evening. And that would be very cool. If Aaron Baddeley can do the same thing. All right. Hole number two, I've got two players over my first two picks that I'm just going to say I'm sprinkling everywhere. So the first of those two players, Sahith Figala. All right. Look, this kid is so good. We're not going to find him at 75 to one outright in this type of field for very much longer. I don't know that he's going to be the next Scotty Scheffler, the next Sam Burns. What I do know is that he's going to have a similar progression over the next 12 to 24 months. He's going to be very good. I don't want to put expectations on him. Like he's going to be number one in the world by 2024. I don't know, but I do think He's going to be much better in two years than he is right now. He's going to be much more accomplished. I want to jump on that before 
he gets there rather than afterwards. I think there's a nice price on him. Again, not the greatest field in the world the week before the Masters. So I've got Figala outright, top five, top 10, top 20, sprinkle them all over the place. He is one of those guys that will at some stage be saying he has the chance to get to, you know, the top 10 in under the age of 25, et cetera, yep. et cetera, just like we have yep. with all these other guys. It will happen, as you said, unless something drastic changes, uh, which I don't see happening. All right, I'll go to hole three, mate. Look, we know that the Masters is next week. So it becomes a little bit of a tough week here in terms of picking the victory. Look, the defending champion is Jordan Speed, a great player, a major winner. But before him, the winners of this tournament have pretty much been your not A-level type quality, if you will. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is because while there are stars in these fields, they have their mind on next week. They have their thoughts ahead. And if they're just off a little bit mentally or just not quite putting their all in, they can easily be beaten by the, the depth of talent we have. So with that being said, when I look at a grouping that has Rory McIlroy, mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth, mm-hmm. Rory Connors, mm-hmm. Hideki Matsuyama, and the outsider of this group is Abraham Answer. Yeah, yeah. I like Abraham Answer plus four fifty in that grouping because I feel like that group I cannot trust will all be there, ready to rumble for four straight days and have their absolute A game all week. Um, they could win. They've got the talent. They could win maybe with their B game, B plus game, but. I think the answer as the long shot there represents some good value. Connors, I love at this event. I love what he did, finishing third at the match play, except I think that might have taken a little bit out of him. So I'm a little bit cautious on while everyone else is pushing him. Okay. Well, I'm going to hold off on the other guy that I'm sprinkling around for the next play. But on hole number four, I'm going to go with another play that I had, except I think I'm going to lose this one. I'm going to go with what you just said and tail it because I have written down Abraham answer for a top five at plus Mm -hmm. 550. Now, yep. you have Abraham answer to beat four other players at plus 450. Mm-hmm. It seems to me, just doing some math, that <laughs> that seems to make a whole lot more sense. Take him to beat four players at plus 450 than to beat, oh, I don't know, 140 other players at plus 550. So I'm going to jump off mine and jump on yours. I think that's a really good play, buddy. All right, fifth dollar, I guess I'll give you my top five uh, bet for the week. The guy I think who will be thereabouts, he has some absolute value in uh, the outright market as well. Uh, I think this is one that you could look at across the board, and that's Maverick McNeely, another young mm. talent that we think that has more ahead, has higher things to come. And plus 700 for that top five, 35 to one, I think, to win the tournament. Now, Mav was in great form last week. Actually, the last guy into the match play didn't lose a match. Two wins and a tie, had to go into a playoff, which he then lost and was unable to move on. He's the only player that had that sort of record and didn't advance. So he's actually in some decent form, feeling good about what he did there in Texas last week. Uh, Mav McNeely, I think, can have a massive week. He's the type that could push towards a victory on Sunday. Like that a lot. All right, I will see your Mac and raise you a Mac. I'm going to go with a guy that, once again, like Figala, I'm sprinkling outright top five, top 10, top 20, just kind of throw it around a little bit on Robert McIntyre, who has a lot to play for this week. Not the master's berth. He is one of those guys who is, I believe they're 19 players, if I was adding correctly, but there are over two dozen players already in the master's field. He's one of them. But I know that McIntyre desperately wanted to get a PGA Tour card over the past year, and that never quite happened for him. Now he's playing on an exemption this week. He can get in with a win, and he knows that. He's a really good player. He's a potential top 10 in the world type of player. If the wind blows, guess what? I'll always take a Scotsman 
in some blowing wind. So I'm going to sprinkle around on McIntyre. He's plus 4,000 outright this week. Okay, now my turn to go back. Look, this one is not a sexy pick. It's a top 40. It's me just going as obvious as you can and as simple as you can. A guy that seems to have an affinity with this joint, Charlie Hoffman, plus <laughs> 110, top 40. I find it hard to see him not finishing somewhere in the top 40. I just saw it as a bit of a layup, to be honest. And so that's where I went. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's even going to top 10, but I do think he'll find himself in the top 40. All right. I had it written down for later, but for the eighth hole, I'm going to move this one up and I'm going to go with my Charlie Hoffman bet because come on, it's the Valero Texas Open. If you don't have a Charlie Hoffman bet this week, what are you doing? I don't think his game is quite good enough right now to contend for the title. And like you said, a top 40 is very conservative on Charlie, who's got some really great results here, but I do think he can put together one good round. So the one tournament of the year that screams Charlie Hoffman is the Valero Texas Open. The one bet that screams Charlie Hoffman is first round leader. We all know he can go low on a Thursday. Let's combine those two and go with Charlie Hoffman, first round leader, 65 to one. That's brilliant. I should have maybe thought of that because yeah, you're getting a crack at good odds for something that very, very possibly could easily happen. I was thinking of it like he's played, I think 11 times in, never missed the cut. Like just take the 110, but I do like the idea of you going there for the first round. So I'll throw my first round leader out there then to finish off the front here. And I don't even know how to say this bloke's name. I'm doing my best, but Rasmus Hojgaard, the Dane. Hojgaard, the Dane. Look, top 10 last week in Punta Cana. Mm -hmm. Done well around the world the last, I think, couple of months. Is coming off some very good performances all around the place. Finished strong in Punta Cana. Did not have a fast start, but I figured, okay, maybe you can take the momentum that he's got into this event forward and start um, quickly there in Texas. Now he's 75 to one to do that. So although I am like you did earlier, I'm now leaning towards maybe jumping onto your pick. <laughs> so we'll see how we go there. We are now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Brettwish and Spencer Aguiar. They're golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets here to provide their favorite top five, top 10 and top 40 plays for the Valero Texas Open. Thank you, Jason and Ben. We are very excited, as always, to be back with the Action Network here for the Valero Open. I will kick us off on the top placement market. First pick for me this week on a rather light card, Sahith Thigala, top 40. DK's got a price of plus 110. My price is minus 130. It seems like the market agrees a little bit more with me in terms of FanDuel and points bet. DraftKings did lay plus 140 yesterday. That's when I got the ticket. I do like plus 110, not nearly as much as plus 140. But yeah, FanDuel's got it at minus 130. Points bet, I believe, is minus 143 as we speak now. The gal has got two straight top 25 finishes. He's really good in windy conditions so far in his young career. He grades incredibly well in my expected strokes gain T to green, which is something that I'm valuing a lot this week. He graded the 18th there. I just need a little love from the putter, and I think the Gala easily walks into the top 40 here at plus money. And then Charles Howell, a guy that I don't know if I've ever cashed a ticket when I've pet Charles Howell, but top 40 plus 140 on DraftKings. My price was plus 110, so only 30 points of value there. Seems like the market's right around plus 120. He's excellent T to green. He's an excellent win player who's in relatively good form with five top 40 finishes in his past seven events. I believe the only two events that he did miss a cut were the loaded fields of the Waste Management and the Honda Classic. Powell's usually a guy with a great short game, and I think that should complement well right now with my model having a very respectable tee to green projection. I actually like him to finish top 30, but I did not find an extremely valuable ticket, I should say. So I'm going to take the coward's way out and take plus 140 on DraftKings for top 40, Charles Howell Spencer. 
what is on the card this week? Thanks, Nick. As you said, we're glad to be back this week after sitting on the sidelines for the match play. I have a handful of wagers to quickly run through. I will start with the lowest one on the board in Kevin Streelman who is plus 100 to come top 40 over on DraftKings. Strudelman's price tag is nearly 40 points lower than his counterparts in Keegan Bradley, Adam Hadwin, Gary Woodland. And while all of those are within the realm of being reasonably priced, it is Strudelman that was overlooked in the market and given it an inflated tag. I know Nick was sharper than I was and grabbed this earlier in the week at plus 110. I think there is a strong argument to be made that he might have moved the number on me here. Two consecutive top eight finishes at the venue and three top 22 results over his last four starts are too difficult to ignore. Moving to the opposite end of the board, I bet Adam Svensson to come top 40 at plus 225 on DraftKings. I'm at the stage right now with Svensson that I'm going to keep backing him until something drastically changes with either his game or his odds. He is 17 spots better on my model in weighted tee to green than expectation level for this track, while also being inside the top 20 in the field for weighted proximity and weighted GIR. My model believes TPC San Antonio should fit perfectly with his ball striking acumen. I took a handful of deeper prices on Matt Jones plus 200 on DraftKings and CT Pan plus 200 at FanDuel. Jones grades well almost across the board for me and should be able to use his par 5 scoring and around the green game to find success at the Valero. Those are two categories where he ranks inside the top 12 in the field. Pan, on the other hand, has never found success at the course, which will limit my exposure, but the raw data seems to believe that he eventually turns it around. Pan has gained with his irons in his past three, around the green in eight of nine. And while the off the tee numbers are worrisome, plus 200 is worth taking a shot. I grabbed Martin Laird at plus 145 on FanDuel and Troy Merritt plus 150 on FanDuel. You will have to tune into the Better Golf Podcast to get my full breakdowns for those two. But I found enough value in the numbers to attack them in the top 40 market. KH Lee plus 190 points bet to come top 30 is worth a look. We have seen Lee getting steamed in all markets early in the week and his two top 23 finishes at the property over his last two tries places him 11th in this field for overall course history and 13th for safety. And then my long shot wager that I am going to play aggressively is Guido Migliozzi plus 400 to come top 40 on FanDuel. That is plus 250 on DraftKings. I will also be betting this at plus 600 to come top 30 on FanDuel. I want to preface this by saying that I have limited data on the 25-year-old but my model believes that he should be priced next to the Robert McIntyres of the world around plus 110 for a top 40. That doesn't mean this is a lock to hit. Guido could easily miss the cut, but it is the fourth largest discrepancy in pricing I have ever seen in a placement wager. Guido ranks 21st overall in my model, 19th for upside, and carries an 11th place mark in weighted tee to green compared to the field. I'm going to take my chances and play this a little more aggressively since my math is pointing towards a mispricing. But it's a large card for me with seven top 40 bets and two top 30 wagers, and all will be important in having a winning week. Let's go. What a loaded card. So we got, well, you have a loaded card. I kind of took the coward's way out. But all the plays that I was liking, I think three of them are in your card, so we kind of matched it there. But we got Thigala, Charles Howell, Kevin Streelman, Adam Stevenson, Matt Jones, C.T. Pan, Troy Merritt, Martin Laird, Guido Migliozzi, all top 40, and then TPC KH Lee, top 30, we will kick it back to you, Jason. Thank you so much, and good luck to all this week, and let's get ready for Augusta. All right, Benny, we have made the turn, and we'll move on to the back nine. And I think you make a good point on Hoygaard. 
I haven't heard as much about it as you would think, and maybe it'll happen over the next year and a half as we get closer to the Ryder Cup in Rome next year, but the cupboard's a little bare for Europe right now. Obviously, you've got John Rahm, you've got Victor Hovland, you've got some other guys. Yeah, maybe Sergio Garcia gets his way back onto that team. Robert McIntyre, I mentioned earlier, You've got Rasmus and his twin brother, Nikolai Hoygaard, both of whom seem like they're very good players. I believe five career combined DP World Tour titles. I'm not going to tell Henrik Stenson what to do, but it seems like they'd be a good partnership at the Ryder Cup. I don't know. They know each other's games pretty well, I think. Or you might be able to just sneak one into, you know, if one's having a good putting day and the other isn't. In an alternate shot situation, you might be just be able to have one guy uh, hit all the shots and one guy hit all the putts. No one will notice the difference between the two. So I kid, I kid, but no, I do think that Hoyguard's a nice play there. And I think that those two, both Hoyguards, are going to need to step up for that European Ryder Cup team to really make a run at things next year. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead a week, and I'm going to give you a Masters Futures bet because I want to get in now. And okay. I can tell you that... There are way too many short numbers, first of all, in these books. Uh, DraftKings has 13 players who are listed at 20 to 1 or shorter. That is ridiculous in my mind. I will probably have an investment in two of them in the marketplace. Brooks Kepka and Patrick Cantley both interest me. I've been on Cantley for a while. Brooks is a guy that I'm starting to really get on. He might be at the top of my list by the time we get to next week. That said, I'm going to hold off on them for now. The one futures bet I want to make is Sam Burns, because like I said, there are all these short numbers. Sam Burns ranked 11th now in the world, two wins in the past year. He's 40 to one. And that's just, wow. there aren't a whole lot of bargains in this marketplace. Sam Burns feels like a big bargain. The only reason I think he's not 20 or 25 to one is because he hasn't played Augusta National in competition before. And we all know that Fuzzy Zeller was the last Masters rookie to win a green jacket back in 1979. Look, if someone's going to do it, Sam Burns could certainly do it. And I will take him at 40 to one for a Masters Futures bet this week. Oh, you got into that market before I could have a look. So good work for you. Sometimes it is good to get ahead of the game too in that regard, because as the hype starts ramping up, down come some of the odds, don't they? So I'm going to stay, go, head us back to Texas and go to a long shot. I was just going through... You know, as I do when I'm looking for some value at the very bottom, start at the bottom and start scrolling my way up. And I was still at 180 to one when this name through came out of me. And I know it's had some injuries and a bit of illness and some other things, but this is a three-time tour winner that is still very young. And every mm. time he has won, it's been from out of the blue and at long odds. Cameron Champ is 180 to one. Wow. At the Valero Texas Open. I'm not saying he's going to come out of nowhere and win the guarantee. I'm not making any guarantees here, but that, my friend, is some significant odds to have a look at. It's a good call, Benny. I mean, Cameron Champ, who you're right, he's got three wins. The win equity is higher than a ton of other players out there. He's always a big number because he's not very consistent. But if you're a casual better, you might as well throw a tenth of a unit on Cameron Champ as an outright play on most weeks that he's playing because, look, he's done it in the past. He's shown that if things click for him, he can win, and he can win at a big number this week. I like that play. All right, I'm going to go with the 12th hole. Matt Kuchar is no longer the ball striker that he once was, but he's second on the PGA Tour in strokes gained around the greens. I think these greens at the Oaks course at TBC San Antonio, especially if the wind's blowing, you're going to miss some of these greens. You're going to have to get up and down. Top 10 might be pushing a little bit for Matt Kuchar, but he was 16th in his last start at the Faust Bar. He was top 20 in five 
of his last nine starts, I believe, at this event. So he's definitely got some value here. I do like Matt Kuchar a little bit this week. The old school Kuchar. Eh? All right, he missed the match play that he was usually pretty good at, but that's okay. I, I don't mind that. Just quickly again on, on Cam Champ. I did some math on this recently. He is a player that if you had bet $100 just outright on every start he'd ever had on the PGA Tour, you'd be over 20K in front. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. Ooh. <laughs> All right, that might be enough to get me to throw a little on Cam Champ this week. All right, so top 20, I'm bringing it in now. I'm going to go, my last three are going to bring in as we come into my sort of real contenders. And look, again, I'm actually finding guys at value this week. I've, I've sort of, as I said earlier, pushed past the big names at the top, pushed past most of the guys that may be thinking about that Masters or that trip down Magnolia Lane. And so my top 20 pick at 550, brilliant value, Anaban Lahiri off the back Ooh. of his Players' Championship result. Is still 550 for a top 20. I think that is really good value because clearly he, you know, he had something going there at TPC Sawgrass. I feel like he can ride that momentum and it certainly has the value if he's going to do something well. I like that a lot. Lahiri played really well, a top 10 finish at this event a year ago. So exactly. there's definitely some value in taking him there. All right, 14th hole, I'll give you my top 20. I've got a couple of names written down. I will give you my favorite one, my preferred one. Kramer Hickok, another Texas guy. He's a big hitter, plays well in the wind. The results have been really impressive over the past two months or so. Uh, There should be a comfort level there. I also have written down Taylor Moore, the rookie, as just a hunchy play. Grew up in Oklahoma, went to school at Arkansas. Again, it's more of a wind play. It's more of a regional play, but I kind of like that as a little hunch there as well. All right, coming into my top 10 then. Now, we talked earlier about Corey Connors, the Canadian who's won this event before. Yep. Uh, I'm going to jump off that Canadian onto another. I did this a few weeks ago and he almost came through for me there, somewhat in Tampa, previous champion there. Adam Hadwin. He's coming off two top 10s, so I should say, before the match play in the players and Valspar. He's 350 to be top 10 here. I just think there's something trending about his game. And he, again, he's in that level of not the A-plus guys, but that sort of B, the guy that speaks to me is when you look at the list of champions here, now they've got some gravitas. But at the time, they weren't quite as big as they are now. And I feel like he fits that bill. And I could see Hadwin having a big week. Very, very possible. Okay, 16th hole. You mentioned Corey Connors there. I went looking for a matchup, and this one just jumped off the page to me. Corey Connors just played seven matches in five days. Mm-hmm. I know he's a young guy, he's in shape. He's a great ball striker. He's just got to be wiped. Hideki Matsuyama mentioned off the top, it's kind of a rehab start. He's been banged up. He's got a back issue. Didn't play in the Players' Championship. He's defending next week at Augusta National. You know he just kind of wants to find a little bit of form, wants to find his swing in competition. He's not going out trying to win this thing. They are in a three-ball matchup on DraftKings against the defending champion, Jordan Spieth. <laughs> Jordan likes this place. There's all sorts of yep. reasons to take Jordan's feet at plus 165 in a matchup over Connors and Hideki, and I will take him there. Love it. All right, my last pick, I'm going to have to go with my 17th hole is going to be my outright. You mm-hmm. mentioned a minute ago, you said a bit of a hunchy play. Well, I guess mine is too, to be honest. Uh, again, because I wanted to stay away from the top guns, and I saw this number and thought, actually, I really like this. He's coming off a top 10 last week, not at the match play at Punta Cana. He has Texas ties. But Jonathan Vegas, oh yeah, fifty-five to one, starting to trend. He's shown some like you know bits and pieces, a little inconsistent form across the season so far. But he's always been the type that could come out of nowhere, could put four rounds together, and 
look, I just have had this feeling that he's going to push his way into the President's Cup team at the end of the year. I said the same about Neiman early in this year when I said that he's going to do something big this year and get on that team. That very week he went out and won at the Genesis. I have this feeling about Vegas as well. He's going to find his way on the team. Connors was the other one. He's basically done that last week. So here he is. Johnny Vegas is going to be your man this week. I will have a little piece of that action as well this week. Uh, Johnny Vegas is a guy that we talk about all the time. He looks the part of a top 20 player in the Mm -hmm. world. And I will say that when he went on his heater last year, and we all like a heater in Vegas. When Mm -hmm. he went on a heater last year, he got hot for a while. He's a momentum player. He's a guy that when you see him misses a couple of cuts in a row, he's got a couple of 50th place finishes, you stay away. When he starts playing well and he had a fourth place finish last week, that's when you jump on them. So I think this is really good timing. All right. For my favorite outright, I will tell you that I was working on this Sunday afternoon as my usual practices. I sit there and watch the final round of that week's event and start previewing and researching the next event. And so I haven't seen the odds yet. All I know is I've done some research and I see that Chris Kirk has three Top 15 finishes in his last four starts. He's got four top 15s in his last six starts at this event. The perfect intersection of form and course history. And yet when the odds come out on Monday morning, in some books, he's as low as 25 to one. You're killing me, odds makers. What are you doing here? Come on. Chris Kirk hasn't won in six, seven, eight years. And you're making him that low at this event this week. Shop around. You can find him in at least... 40 to one in a few places. So I suggest looking for those bigger numbers. I hate that some of the books have them so short this week. I thought he might be a little popular. Apparently he's really popular this week, but I still like Chris Kirk. I'm still jumping on him, Betty. I actually love it. Chris Kirk was one of the first guys I circled here and wrote him down. As soon as I went and looked at the numbers, that's what took me off. And that's why I responded when you did make that call. I had him circled the whole time, but I just couldn't bring myself to feel like I was getting ripped off <laughs> with, the, with, the, <laughs> with the value there. But you know what? It doesn't matter if whatever a win is a win, right? Whatever you got on, if he, if he gets up, he gets up. So if you can find that value, it absolutely is a great play for this week. Again, fits that mold, as I said, of, of a champion at Valero that's just that next level down, has done something great or will do something great or, you know, that sort of thing. I feel like he fits that perfectly. I love it. You like mine. I like yours. Let's do a little boxed exacta or something like that yeah. on Vegas and Kirk to finish one, a two this week yeah. in a playoff. Get into a playoff and we'll be rolling in it come Sunday. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Links and Locks podcast remember you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast download subscribe rate and listen every week to myself and ben everell good luck with all your bets for this week's valero texas open here's open you hit the green